1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm no good at taking good advice. And I'm self-careless, so don't tell me twice
0: that lately I've been so stuck in my head. That I forget just about everything my therapist said Maybe I'm
1: self-helpless Maybe I'm self-helpless
0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Delaney Fisher. And
1: I'm Kelsey Cook.
0: And we are talking about situationships today. You know, whether you think they're great, whether you think they're situationships, whether you think (laughs) there's something in the middle. We've all kind of been in some kind of instance where at the bare minimum, you didn't really feel like maybe you knew how the other person felt about you or your relationship, whatever, you know, whatever it was at that time. Yes. Um, so, you know, even if you haven't been in like a defined situation which we'll get into, I think we
1: can all really relate to this one in some, in some way. Totally. And the term has been, I think a newer term, right? Before yeah. that it was people would call things like friends with benefits or, like a hookup buddy or booty call or whatever. And so I think that's also part of it is like, I I do think everybody has been in something like this at some point. It maybe just has changed what it's been called.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting because I, you know, I've had all of those things and I've been all those things. (laughs) So I feel like, I feel like it's very interesting because I have definitely been in like hookup buddy friends with benefits stuff, but I don't I don't feel like I've been in a situation shit. So I feel um, like they're very different for me though, just based on like the the definition that's, that's going, going around out there. But I could be yeah. totally wrong. And maybe I've been in those and now the terms are just changing.
1: I don't know. It's very interesting. <laughs> it is very interesting. And I think, so we talked about this a little bit on our quarter life crisis episode, that whether it's within picking a career, picking a relationship, that there's the the paradox of choice right that there are so many choices and so how you're saying oh I feel like I haven't necessarily been in a situationship before but you've been in you know hookup situations or whatever I think with dating apps having become way more popular in the past however many years that because you've been in a marriage well yeah a marriage relationship I was gonna say uh relationship and i was like wait full marriage but how how long have you been in the relationship with cam
0: uh it's over seven years now so a little over seven years married for two years together for seven so yeah we're in a marriage ship a marriage
1: (laughs) but so i'm saying that in the last like seven years that you've been with cam i think dating apps have only become more and more prominent popular and I think that is adding to this feeling for people where people are, are like less willing to commit it seems like
0: that's what it is sounding like to me as well at least a lot of my friends who are on dating apps what their experiences are like because I and I did the apps over seven years ago before camp too. So they, I mean, it seems like it was pretty common and like prominent back then. I can't even imagine how much it's grown and all of that, but it's, yeah, it's like when they have too many options, it's almost like, decision fatigue or being afraid to commit because maybe something, somebody that is a better fit for you will come along literally tomorrow and sign up for the app that you're on. Or like, you know, there are yeah. all of the, all the what ifs of, Oh, what if this, what if somebody else is a better fit in this area? But you're right. It's like, there's so many options. And then, you don't actually end up committing, you know, a lot of people don't end up committing to anybody and then they never actually reap the benefits of what it, what it's like to be in a longer term commitment where you actually work through things together and you, you get to know somebody on a really deep level that you don't get from bouncing around from one relationship to another. And I'm saying this from experience of being somebody who was, you know, not somebody who can, would commit, um, for quite some time. And I definitely bounced around from different relationships and, um, I hit my own wall with that. It got very it, tiring and, and, uh, you know, it was super, don't get me wrong. It was very fun for a very long time. And it, <laughs> it, it, you know, it fulfilled what I wanted it to, but at some point there was just this wall of feeling like really empty, you know, and being like, you know what, I am ready for something different than this, this, I I want to go deeper than like the surface level type of stuff that's happening. And that was in my, those were in my situations. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, it's a yeah. weird topic with the social media and the apps. And like you said, Kels, even like in your career path or anything else, it's like, you can work remotely now. So now all these different, uh, options for what career path do you take and what jobs do you apply for? It's like, I don't know. I'm having, I, I get very overwhelmed by that piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, for my career of like, well, I can, I work from home. I could work like for any company on the planet, what, yeah. what, what should I do? And it kind of right. feels like it keeps me stuck sometimes. So,
1: Yeah. The paradox of choice stuff, I think a really common question that people run into, I think once they're in a relationship, I, I have this conversation a lot with friends where it's like, what is, hey, no relationship is perfect. Every relationship has struggles to work through versus yeah. like, this isn't the right fit. Like there could be a better fit. And I think that's what keeps people in so many situationships is because they're like, well, maybe, maybe I can keep finding something that's the best fit for me. But it's like, there is a, like you said, there's a tipping point where also you could just be in search of that forever. If you don't accept that there will always be things that you have to work through in a relationship. But, um, it's yes. so hard. It's it's different for every for every person in every relationship for sure.
0: Yeah, very uh, excited to get into it. Um, before yeah. we do, do you have any uh, announcements, plugs on your end? Where are you performing coming up?
1: Yeah, so um, I've got a handful more of tour dates handful more of tour dates that sounds really bizarre but um, I bet there was probably a grammatically better way to say that so I will be in Washington DC this weekend at the DC Comedy Loft I'm so excited I know we have a bunch of DC helpsters so I always I'm happy to perform there and then next week I'm in Nashville huntsville and atlanta and then in december i'm in boston and tampa and i am sure that by the time this comes out i will be i will have probably announced on social media where my next year's tour dates are going to be so go to Sweet. kelseycook.com yeah get tickets for this year and next year follow me on social media at kelsey cook comedy and yeah i can't wait to see you guys on the road hell yes How about um you?
0: Yeah. Yeah. If you like podcasts, you're tuning into a podcast right now. I have another one called career crush. It's a private show, but it's totally free. You can get it on my website, delaneyfisher.com. And we just talk about unconventional, like uh career paths, pivots, Uh, Launching creative projects, all that kind of stuff. Just finding fulfillment in your work, whatever that might be. And um, you know, I really, (laughs) I really created this uh, podcast for myself because I am somebody who really struggles with picking a direction when it comes to. Uh, my work. I've been running my own company for, I don't know, five, six years now. Um, and I'm feeling like a little bit of an itch to do something different. So I don't exactly know what my next steps are going to look like. And I'm just interviewing people who are doing interesting shit. And, um, if you are curious about what that, what that sounds like, uh, come on over. Um, there for me when i was looking into a lot of entrepreneur podcasts career podcasts there's such a big focus on a lot of podcasts on the revenue like the, and the amount, m- amount of revenue a company is bringing in or somebody's bringing in or all of that stuff that's all great and that's definitely part of it but this you know i i kind of wanted my podcast to be more focused on the the fulfillment and happiness in your day to day not so much of the amount of money you're making because everybody's amount of money can be so different depending on what your lifestyle is and where you live. So that's the big core focus for uh, that show. Anyway, would love to have you over there at delaneyfisher.com.
1: Amazing. Yes.
0: So you have Um, a quote, right? I do have a quote. Um, this one is from Jillian Turecki and it says, Fixing, pleasing, rescuing, and chasing are all manifestations of self avoidance. When you're consumed by another person's life, you will inevitably neglect your own. The first thing to do then, when you're caught up in this cycle, is to put the focus back on your own life and make your fulfillment your highest priority. This is what reclaiming your power is it means you face yourself, and in doing so, you will find yourself. Um. I just felt like this was a good one if you feel like your situationship is consuming too much of your time mm. or it's it's starting to it's starting to kind of feel not so good. Maybe it was feeling good for a while, but now it's kind of, you know, yeah. it's crossed a line where it's now making you unhappy or you're feeling like taken advantage of or uh, you really do want some kind of a commitment. and maybe you've even become a little bit, Like obsessive about it, or you know, the the relationship and and all that. So, just I think it's a good reminder to really kind of bring focus back to yourself and what is this distraction giving you? Because Uh maybe right, like being distracted does give you something, and it it does you know, um, it does help you avoid things that might need tending to. So that's just if your situationship isn't feeling so great.
1: Yeah, we have talked about this analogy with uh, narcissistic personality disorder where oh. if you put a frog in boiling water it will hop right out but if you put a frog in whatever it is like room temperature water and then you slowly turn the burner up oh it won't notice and i think that if you're in a situation whether it's with somebody with a, a personality disorder or not There, I think, are those times where it's like maybe you've been in something for a while and you've kind of lost sight of how it's impacting your mental (laughs) well-being.
0: Right. Right. That is such a good point. It becomes your new normal. It becomes like your new normal Mm -hmm. not to define things or not to, you know, whatever. Yeah. and maybe maybe that's something that it still feels good and that's what you want and you still want but i think there seems to be a point in time where a situationship for at least one person crosses the line into one person maybe being ready for the commitment or wanting that or wanting a definition of some kind and maybe the other person is still not feeling that way and that's yeah. when that's when things can you know get really tough
1: yes and maybe you're the person in the situationship who is feeling a little cold feet a little you know pulling back not really sure and i yeah. think that's also really important to talk to yourself honestly and figure out why why you're feeling that way and and what you are gaining by continuing to stay in that situation if maybe that's like not fully the right fit for you
0: but oh yeah you know. point. Yeah. I feel like I've been on both ends of yeah. this, you know, I've been the person that didn't really want any labels and I've been the person that was like, oh, I could probably see myself having a label with this person if they got, you know, to that point as well. Yeah. Um.
1: But I feel like we should also give the technical definition of the situationship. Um, yes. This is, this is from women's health. So when I say technical definition, I'm sure there are several, but this yeah. is, um, according to a licensed therapist, a situationship is a romantic arrangement that exists before slash without a DTR, which is defining the relationship conversation. Mm-hmm. So right. it's it's murkyville. it's It's gray area. It's but you know, I think a lot of things we've said about them so far, this episode, sound like we lean toward a negative viewpoint of it but there are some some upsides to this it's not necessarily right. um, a bad thing at all to be in a situation ship if that's what you're looking for and it can also be kind of like the precursor to a more committed relationship it's all like uh, oh everybody, yes everybody goes through different seasons so um, we'll talk about the pros and cons of, of a situation ship in this episode as well <sighs>
0: Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Definitely. And if, for me, it's like, okay, uh, because I I identify with having like friends with benefit situations, but not necessarily being in a situationship um this definition was helpful for me where it's less than a relationship but more than a casual encounter or booty call like a situationship yes. refers to a romantic relationship that is and remains undefined um a situationship is that space between a committed relationship and something that is more than a friendship um and that's by psychotherapist Jonathan Albert so for me i feel like i've hit the um the friends with benefits, but before it got into situationshipville or whatever, Mm -hmm. it, it was either defined or it ended. So that's like the, it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I feel like I've had, um, I haven't had it really the way that maybe some people in my life have shared with me Mm -hmm. how they've had it, where it's gone on for months or even a year or two years. Right. Uh, I I never had something like that, um, that long. So,
1: um,
0: yeah. Have you been in one and have you felt like there's been pros? I know that, that there, I've had a lot of upsides to these types of, you know, relationships yeah. in the past.
1: I feel like you maybe have, well, I, I guess I have another girlfriend who I think kind of thrives in them. But we've talked before on the show over the last six years that you are somebody who tends to be wired almost a little bit more masculine in yes. relationships, like um, you know, stereotypically speaking, of course, just that, like yeah, you, yeah, you have been in situations where, like, you are the one that is able to have a hookup or or be in a situation ship and truly not get emotionally attached right and you've been the one that's been more uh, like avoidant maybe of like mm, like not actually looking for this to go further and you've had to kind of be the heartbreaker <laughs> in those where guys are hoping that it becomes more yes yes in my life most of my female friendships they have found themselves on the other end of it where like they're hoping it will become more and the man in the situationship is the one that's kind of pulling back, not really wanting to go further. So right. um, a situation that came to mind for me, um, this was a couple years ago. And you had mentioned like, sometimes it's something that's going on in your life when you are looking for an escape. And you need mm-hmm. to be asking yourself like, what am I What am I running from? So when my mom was in the hospital for those um, first five months, I entered into a situationship um, almost right around that same time where uh I didn't, re- I think fully realize at the time how much I was letting myself get lost in that situation when I was trying to like just just survive, <laughs> you know, like yeah, just mentally and emotionally survive. That's when I was going to the hospital for like eight to ten hours a day. uh my mom was, catatonic for long periods of time we were told back then that she maybe had 6 weeks to live and so i think when i like wasn't at the hospital i just was trying so hard to <laughs> make it through and yeah. at the time it felt really good to have this kind of mental escape because it was uh it was a long distance situation and i I didn't realize until more time had passed. And again, because of the pandemic, uh, travel restrictions were happening and I didn't end up meeting this person in person for like, God, four, five months, four months, maybe it was, it was quite a while that it had just been, um, this kind of situationship through text, phone call, FaceTime. And, uh, that became really hard for me to, I think just in talking about it with like my friends of like, I don't know what this is. And you start to feel kind of stupid, but at the same time you would also feel, at least to me, I would feel kind of crazy to think that it was this like very committed thing when we hadn't even met in person. Right. Right. But it, um, You know, it was like, and I look back and there were things from this person that were not not healthy behaviors, uh, a lot of red flags that I was choosing to ignore because I really felt like I needed that escape. And that whole frog boiling in water analogy that we've been using, I think that was happening to me where I was letting myself get kind of further down the rabbit hole without realizing it and then we finally met in person and uh it ended like very shortly after that and it yeah. was such a like such a confusing weird thing to look back on because and I think a lot of sorry. I'm sure this sounds super convoluted. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just like trying to put this all. No, I get it. Okay, no, I'm, I'm get. I'm following. Yeah. Okay, I okay. totally understand what you're saying. Sorry, I hope this isn't confusing to our listeners. Um, I think when it's a long distance situation and you are like your primary form of communication is not spending time in person with them. Yeah, it's really hard to try to define what that is like we I knew we weren't exclusive but it felt like it had become this thing like we are talking every day there is some level of commitment here where at least we're like moving forward toward meeting in person but yeah. I think if that goes on for a really long time and you're not actually making that in-person progress yeah. uh it's It's very confusing and I would not, I would not recommend it to people because I also think there's a lot of things that somebody can either hide from you if you're not around them in person um, or a lot of things that you yourself can have rose colored lenses about. It's like, you can think, you know, somebody long distance and like, unless you're really having that in-person time, you just don't. And right. And I don't think I wanted to believe that. I think I wanted to really believe that it was uh, – I, I knew it, – it, how do I explain it? I just – I knew it was a situationship, but I don't – I'm not really built for those, I don't think. So yeah. for me, it was like I needed to know if this was going to continue forward and, um, you know, after we met, it, it wasn't going to go forward. But I just right. – I would urge people that if you're in a long distance thing, like you really have those plans of meeting in person and getting on a similar page of like what what are we both hoping for here?
0: Right. And like some kind of probably consistency plan, I'd I'd imagine is important too. Like how often are we gonna be able to see each other and all that? But like you said, Kelsey, it's so hard when you when you said that that situationship at that time was kind of like a saving grace for you in a way. It was like helping you get through your days and like this hard time and it was a welcomed distraction like for you probably in your life like it's something that you kind of needed and maybe in a different situation if if you weren't experiencing a lot of hardship in your personal life maybe it wouldn't have gotten that far depending yeah. on how you were feeling because maybe you would have noticed things earlier or whatever um, but I think that's you know very relatable and it's also hard when um, it's not just surfacey conversation. Like if you are talking like uh, about things like in more depth about your feelings or you know personal things, it that can be I, I'd imagine pretty confusing. You're talking about deep shit, but you are still aware that you haven't met or it's a situationship. There's just like that. I don't know if that's yeah. considered cognitive dissonance or not, but both things are happening at the same time and both things are true, and that's got to be really confusing
1: what a great way to put it yeah it was like this person just so happened to come into my life at my like most like one of my most vulnerable times I uh you know all of that time in the hospital to then have that person be who I was talking to on an everyday basis it was yeah it was a weird combo of like feeling like there had been a, a quick bond like maybe a trauma bond but mm. in reality not getting to meet in person for a really long time
0: yeah yeah
1: so that was one of mm. when you asked me have you been in a situation ship?" that was kind of the first one that came to mind where I was like man that was a murky motherfucking time that was like right so no. right so bizarre and strange. Um, how about you? What's your experience been with a situationship?
0: Yes. Well, as somebody who married their friends with benefits, I feel like I've been (laughs) on all, I've been on different ends of this, right? Like I've been in a situation where a friends with benefits situation turned into a relationship and then a marriage. Um, and then I've also been in a lot of them where it, we were both on the same page and it like, It, um, fizzled out and it was totally fine and cool. And I've also been on situation in situations where the other person, you know, developed feelings and then I had to cut it off. And, and then I've been in situations where I think I maybe could have developed feelings if we had taught, you know, continued seeing each other, but didn't. Mm -hmm. So it's just been a lot of different ones, but I think, um, if I had to like psychoanalyze myself now as a 33 year old um, when I was uh, 22, I ended a four and a half year relationship with like my high school sweetheart, love, Mm -hmm. whatever you call it. And we were like together uh, about four and a half years. So um, that relationship uh, uh, there, he, he cheated on me. There was infidelity on his part and it was, really traumatic it was kind of a relationship that he had like behind my back for a long time and um and you know I and we got back together afterward and tried to make it work and all that stuff um and even though he made a lot of changes and you know you know it seemed to be like he had kind of whatever, learned his lesson, if you will, for lack of a better term, Um, I just couldn't get over that kind of trust being broken. And so we ended the relationship. And so I think part of me, this is me not being super conscious at the time. After that, I think I felt like, okay, I spent four and a half years with somebody who uh, betrayed my trust. Mm -hmm. I've wasted time you know yeah. and now i want to catch up i want to catch up and have <laughs> all these different experiences that i really missed out on potentially by being in this relationship that wasn't really great for me um and so i think that was part of it where i felt like i just want to date as many people as possible and meet as ma- and have as many experiences as possible yeah. and i really enjoyed it i had no interest in for a really long time i had no interest in um, having a boyfriend or having it go any further than that, because I was getting off of that for, so you know, that long relationship. And I just, yeah. it didn't sound appealing. So that was a big part of it, I think. Um And I also was very much hurt in that relationship. And so anytime that maybe some things were getting a little bit too uh relationship-like, or maybe... i I saw a characteristic that reminded me of my ex-boyfriend or something i really just didn't want to go any further i think that was part of it too i'm like Mm -hmm. well this feels like a little too familiar you know or or i i don't want to give somebody the power to hurt me again um but you know mostly i just was having a really great time (laughs) and uh and i i remember um my one of my parents was concerned about my behavior they were concerned that i was just Um, dating a lot of different people And they were, um, you know, they just want to make sure I was okay. So they really, um, they encouraged me to go to therapy and stuff like that. So that was like the first, one of the first times I saw a therapist and, you know, I told the therapist who happened to be a man, I'm like, look, I'm, I'm just dating. And that's just like how people date. I'm just, I I go on some dates with people. Sometimes I keep seeing them. Sometimes not like I'm just having fun. Mm
1: -hmm. Listen, I'm the mayor of fuck city. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm looking to run again next term, so I don't. I'm just I'm sorry. Campaigning. I'm sorry. I'm so good at this, but exactly. I'm look. Like, I'm
0: fundraising for the campaign. I don't know what you want me. You want I'm getting me. spreading the word. <laughs> <laughs> and I, so I'm just, and he was asking me questions like how I felt about the experiences and all that stuff, and I was like, I truly feel great. Like I, I'm not think this is. Not, I'm not upset about it. This yeah. is not. Ruining my life, and whether it's because of tra- trauma from my past or not, I felt fine and good about it. So, yeah. um, he was like, You know, it, yeah, if you're enjoying yourself and you're not putting yourself in like harm's way, and you know, whatever you're clear, clearly communicating with the other person that mm-hmm. you're not looking for something or whatever, then I mean, just do your thing. Like, he was just like yes, this is typically more of a, like a, like you said, Kels, like a stereotypically masculine, maybe way to date, but there's nothing wrong with what you're doing. Um, as long as you're being very honest about your, whatever partners that you're having. Um, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Great. I, Cause I feel, I feel good. Um, and so, yeah, I did that for quite some time. I had some like boyfriends in between that were, you know, maybe a few months here, a few months there kind of a thing. Um, and then I ended up just kind of hitting a wall after doing that for several years of like, yeah, I think I'm ready for something different. This really served some great purposes though. I mean, I met a lot of people. I really kind of, uh, and all those relationships helped me kind of determine what, what I like, what I don't like, like who I want, want to be with, you know, the qualities I want in somebody, Um, I think also this is something I didn't realize. I think that having that option of, uh, friends with benefits or whatever helped me not get, um, into another relationship that was maybe not going to be good for me because I had this other option. I didn't make any, like, it wasn't an all or nothing of like, you either are single with no, you know. No kind of connection or whatever physical touch or whatever that anybody, or you have to get into another long-term committed relationship. I think it was actually a big benefit that I, I, it, it fulfilled a need where I didn't feel like I had to get into a relationship that I maybe was not ready for, or that might have some, some kind of
1: characteristics of the last relationship that I was in without realizing it. So, yeah, which that's what I was saying before. It's like, there are absolutely upsides yeah. Situationships, and I think the way you were talking about it with your therapist was probably really sexually empowering for you at that time. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you were like yeah. learning. You were learning what you wanted. Yeah. Whether it was sexually, emotionally, all of that. It's. Yeah. I, I do think that that can be really helpful for people. So I agree. I I think it's like as long as you're being safe and being transparent, then more power to you yeah right I mean and
0: and look I definitely fucked up along the way and Mm -hmm. um you know I had to hurt some people's feelings and that really fucking sucks um but you know I just like I did the best that I could with what what I was working with at the time and I think I was just yeah I was really just focused on enjoying myself and just kind of doing doing whatever Um, and yeah, then I, I met Cam and that really started off as a friends with benefits thing. And, and then we realized that we liked each other and, you know, became boyfriend and girlfriend and the rest is history on that. So yeah, even my
1: marriage started the same way. (laughs) Yeah. Very very weird. Yeah. So if you are listening right now and you are unsure of if you are in a situationship, this is also from the article on today.com. I have a list of signs that you're in a situationship. So um, number one, you don't meet each other's friends or family. Interesting. Yeah. I would say that's a pretty common one in a situationship is like, maybe it's a little bit more, um, more like in private. Because if people yeah. aren't sure they're willing to like take the next steps, it's like, well, are mm-hmm. you gonna get introduced to people that then maybe they're never gonna see again?
0: See, I don't know. I'm not relating to that one very much because oh. for me, like if I'm in a friends with benefits or vice versa, like we've already just established like this is not going to be oh. an exclusive committed thing. I don't give a shit who you meet.
1: Interesting. You know what I mean. Okay. You can
0: meet you can meet my family or my friends, and we've uh, we've already had that conversation of like, you're these are just other people in my life. You're a person in my life, and so mm-hmm. I don't know. I, maybe maybe that you know, old Delaney needed to kind of reassess that. But I also had met my friends with benefits, friends, yeah. and sometimes family and passing and stuff too. So I don't yeah. know. I feel like that could yeah. be a murky murky bullet point.
1: True. Okay. <laughs> true. So take. <laughs> If if that feels like it fits for your description, great. If not, no worries. We've got got other signs. Yeah. Um, CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by
0: putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle.
1: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You haven't talked about the future. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about this one? Totally.
0: Yeah, very short-term planning. Like you want to see a movie tomorrow
1: or, (laughs) you know what I mean? You want to see a movie in the next two hours. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Or you up,
0: (laughs) you know, like that kind of shit. I, I,
1: yeah, I think that one makes sense. I agree. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's so funny. I know I've, I've mentioned um, narcissistic personality disorder a couple of times on here. And I know that you and I have had um, some experiences, unfortunately, with, uh, with right. people with, with that. And there's a thing uh, called future faking that right. you can be the recipient of if you're in a relationship with somebody like that, where there there is talk of the future, but there aren't like actual concrete plans to follow through on those things and that yeah. can be ooh, I mean just add to the murkiness and confusion of like wait well they say they want to do this and that's like a big thing or that's like way down the road oh gosh but yes. like, I'm not you know and I think that goes back to actions over words always like make sure I think that's a big thing whether it's a situationship or relationship like make sure that you are getting actions over words cuz anybody can say anything.
0: Oh, good point, Kels. That that that's what's so tough is like you could be in a situationship with somebody who doesn't actually plan on following through but they're telling you they're yeah. going to follow through and they're and they're talking about future stuff that seems like commitment like. Yeah. So that's just yeah, that's like that's a huge mindfuck.
1: Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Um, another one is you're missing an emotional connection. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think this one can be a little bit gray area too. I think you can have an emotional connection in a right. ship, but do you remember how I've talked on the show about the triangular theory of love
0: where, uh, um,
1: yes, I, I forget, I forget probably. the name who, of the person who came up with it, but I, I always find it very interesting that they talk about the ultimate goal in a relationship is to have consummate love, which they, if you look at a triangle, they think of it as passion, commitment, and intimacy. So those mm. three points, you know, passion being more of that physical attraction, that sort of a thing, intimacy being more of that emotional connection, and then commitment being that you are both on the same page and wanting this commitment to move forward. Yeah. You know, that if you have only one or a combination of two of those things, then it can technically still be love, but it's, it's a different kind of love. Right. So, and, and sometimes I think relationships can shift into those different types of love where maybe in the beginning feels really like, you know, sparks and fireworks. And then over time it might move more into uh, what they call companionate love, where it's like you have an emotional connection and you're committed, but maybe you've lost some of that physical attraction or connection.
0: Yes, that is good. That triangle is yeah, that's very solid. I have questions for you, but if you want to get through yeah. your bullet points because I feel like the shifting between how how a situationship either ends or progresses and any experiences mm-hmm. that we have with that, I feel like that will be um, oh. I think that will be helpful to talk about because yeah. You know, when you're in this kind of gray area, it's like okay, well how do you get out of it one way or another? Yeah you know yeah, yeah what
1: are some action steps okay let me yes, uh, let me just read that. the last few and then we'll talk about that so um you haven't defined your relationship which yeah. i feel like is the basis of a situation where nobody really wants to put a hard label on it
0: right which is a label in itself yeah like, like you were you found somebody on tiktok that you liked that was kind of saying like i mean the, the basically the label is you're single
1: Yes, I had looked up, um, it's uh, Nick Vile, he hosts, I think it's called the Vile Files podcast. Um, And he has a lot of great, helpful clips about like situationships and relationships in general. Um, But yeah, he talked about that for him. I, I thought this was also interesting too, that like, you, if your situationship goes on for too long, you might be starting to put this person on a pedestal. Because you have to give yourself a reason for why you're waiting for so long for this person to commit, to commit. So in your mind, they can't be a loser because if they were a loser and you're waiting this long, then you feel so stupid. So you keep making them more and more important in your mind of like, well, it's going to be worth it. Oh, wow. So
0: Crazy. That's so interesting. And you know, another part of this that is also very murky is sometimes a situationship, the people are exclusive, but they're not labeled as, you know, whatever, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever you're, the label of, we are in a committed relationship, but they are not dating other people. And they've at least agreed to that. And then mm-hmm. you could be exclusive for a while, but not have the commitment like of the next level where it's like, okay, nice. we'd be mad if you slept with somebody else, but that's
1: kind of the bare minimum. Right. I So the, the next bullet point, which made me think of this is um, that your communication is inconsistent. And right. I think this is, for me, the most relatable one amongst my friend group. Any of my friends who have been in a situationship, this seems to be the biggest issue is that they are on different pages about communication. And yeah. one person is more consistent, more invested. And the other person is more spotty. And what fucking sucks about a situationship is that if there isn't a label, then that person can't be held to the standards of a relationship. Right. So it's, oh, I I just think so many people end up feeling hurt because they're like, well, my needs aren't being met, but I'm not even allowed to have needs in this thing because there's no label. Oh, that's, yeah, I'm i sure a lot of people
0: use this as like, you know, having your cake and eating it too type yeah. of situation where it's yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to enjoy this person's company when it's convenient for me, but mm-hmm. I'm also going to see what else is out there and see if there's some, somebody that I am clicking with better mm-hmm. and just kind of keep it going for as long as this person will let me keep it going for.
1: Right. Right. And like we said, that might be totally fine for you. That might right. be where you're at at that time in your life doesn't bother you maybe you're doing the same thing that's fine exactly but just probably the lesson of this episode is like to be honest with yourself mm-hmm. and just be checking in with yourself and make sure that you still feel like you're not suppressing your actual needs
0: yes exactly exactly yeah because if both people, both people are doing it great you're both doing the same thing I'm going to keep this person around we're enjoying it but I'm also open over here and you're both on the same page fucking it's kind of an awesome situation right right um but yeah I oof. Uh,
1: yeah I, I, I got a lot to say about this I know um okay a few more bullet points you never know when you're going to see them which I think is similar right. in the whole like inconsistent communication right 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 everything is based on convenience Mm uh you don't go on dates so i feel like that might imply more of like a booty call hanging out hanging out yeah the relationship isn't going anywhere you feel stuck maybe it feels like it's kind of in the same place Uh, and then you aren't exclusive interesting yeah. yeah. And like you said, Delaney, there are variations of these, right?
0: Totally. Yeah. Because I've definitely been in friends with benefits situations where it's like every Friday or Saturday, it's kind of mm. a known thing that we're going to see each other. So you would could argue that's pretty consistent, but
1: yeah. it's not, you know, the person's not my boyfriend. Right. So in this article after all these bullet points is talking about how and when to end a situation So we can talk about that now, or do you want to get into what you had kind of put a pin in before?
0: Yeah. Well, I think it, it goes along with that. I, but like you said, Kels, it's just, it's about how you're feeling. Has this stopped working for you? Has this stopped feeling fun? Is it now more hurtful than helpful mm-hmm. and like, what do you need to, what do you need to do? And it's, you know, a conversation I feel like it is usually the thing that needs to be had um, I feel like for me, uh, I, I didn't get into situationships per se, just because my personality type is very, like, at some point I'm just going to be very direct and ask you what's up or ask how you're feeling or whatever. Right. Um, but I, I think, uh, on, on one end of it, I think a lot, uh, I think there was more than one guy who maybe thought that I was saying it's just saying that I didn't want something, but actually did. Like I was trying to be a quote unquote cool girl. Like I'm just cool with whatever. I'm, I'm like, cougar. no, I I yeah, yeah cougar, right? Whatever. And I'm like, listen, uh, I had to say like I'm I'm really sorry, but no, I like I I mean what I say. I'm not I'm not pretending that I don't want something to be more like whatever, attractive to you or play hard to get. Right. I what I said in the beginning is still how I feel. And that was always very that that was unfortunate because if, you know, they wanted something more and I had to kind of remind them of the expectations that I set up front and -hmm. then, you know, had to hurt their feelings and end that situation or whatever, um, that sucked. But then on the other hand with cam, my husband, um, I went into it feeling the same way. We're like, I don't really want anything. And then my feelings did change. So I, I understand how that that can be really confusing where you're holding out and hoping that somebody on the other end is going to catch up with your feelings or feel the same way. And sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. And so I think it really has to be for you, like a personal timeline or deadline in mind for you. Like, um, in my, in my experience, I think, um, if I had been maybe seeing somebody consistently that I liked, like, I think by two or three months, we usually knew what was going on. Yeah. Like it's a situationship or friends with benefits or it's something more and we're both on the same page. There was usually some kind of conversation where we knew what was going on, um, and I don't know if I would be able to let it go further than about like a three month mark and all of that. Um, you right. know, even with even with Cam, once we realized that we liked each other, um, I had it in my head like, okay if there's like a, you know, if we've been seeing each other like this for about a few months and nothing's been said, I'm going to say something. Yeah. Um, he just beat me to the punch about six weeks in or something, but mm-hmm. I already had in my head, like, all right, this is my personal deadline. And so yeah. I think those become really important in, I don't know, in instances like this, because you have to have some, something, you have to have something if you care about that. Like, yeah, how do you feel, Kels? How have you how have these ended or progressed in your
1: experience? I couldn't agree more with what you said. I think it's such a personal decision. And I think you need to um, hold true to that and and just know that it maybe it's a different time frame than the person you're in the situationship with, but it's like it has to be what is important to you and um And yeah, again, just making sure your needs are being met. For me, like I said, COVID was a huge factor in terms of like why that person and I could not meet in person sooner. And so for me, I think if it had been any other situation, there's no way I would have gone like four months without meeting this person first and i i felt frustrated about it where i was like i don't like that i can feel myself getting more attached to this person and this situation without meeting them because I, i just i knew better i was like come on like you know you can only know so much from long distance like you might feel like you're having this connection and this bond because I think if you do start talking on a daily basis, like chemically, it becomes this thing that you you feel like you can count on, and right. like it's it's moving forward and all of that. But uh, I, I did I knew when I was in it I was like this isn't this isn't how I would have ever chosen to do this. Like this is way too long to go before meeting. So um, typically, I think I would have i mean within like the first month been trying to be like hey let's meet in person and see if this is like a real connection or not but again covid covid changed i think a lot of things for a lot of people in those sort of long distance dating situationship things but
0: Right. right yeah no that totally makes sense i think um when I've maybe been on the other end of like, oh, I could potentially end up liking this person enough Mm -hmm. to date them. But when, when it, when it is those situations, I kind of, um, I kind of let things play out organically. Like if that person is making more of an effort, I might also make more of an effort, Mm. um, versus, okay, we've kind of set this whole, you know, casual thing up. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm just going to kind of see how it, Goes because I don't even really know if I like this person enough to, to change that, change mm-hmm. it from friends with benefits into something else. So right. I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like I ever got too far deep in having feelings for somebody before a conversation was had because even yeah. for, like, again, for like my past, my past relationship, I wasn't even allowing myself to get that far. Oh, okay. You know, or right. if it was, I'd be like, all right, so what's the deal here? You know, I'm just, I'm, I could be a very direct person <laughs> um, and, and be pretty, pretty blunt in relationships. So I don't yeah. know. I, I, I would just like, I, yeah, what's the situation? It's all good. Like, whatever it is, it's fine. But how are you feeling about stuff? I, I just didn't have any problems bringing those things
1: up. Um, sure. As the didn't... mayor of Fuck City, that's <laughs> a really important part of your job. You have to be direct, you have to be able to talk to the people. I get you it. You got to
0: talk to the people you got to understand what the people want and need from <laughs> you as their counsel and yeah. um uh to, to the point where even like people in my life who have had situationships have been like dude can you just have the conversation for me you obviously know how to oh. get you know get an answer right and yeah. like here just here's a few bullet points to take into the conversation yeah oh my um, But yeah, I, I think also it can be, I mean, it's really scary because if you have developed feelings for somebody and you're hopeful that it will be more committed, you know, that going into a conversation about defining the relationship could mean that you lose that person and lose that relationship. Cause Mm -hmm. if you're ready for a commitment and they're not, you know, that might be it. And you might not be ready to, for that to end, because again, you might be holding out for something to change, but how long can you hold out for? That's why those deadlines for yourself, I think, are so important.
1: Yeah, I think that's when people start to become cool girl. I'm a cool girl. Just you know, just I'm cool with her. it. I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm cool with it. It's right. Then you know, people. I think that's such a good question to ask yourself is like, truly, if you think you approached this person right now and said what your needs were and what your hopes were and you don't think they were reciprocated, like, would you continue? Are you truly okay continuing? Right, right. And you know what? Like you said, Dell. sometimes people's feelings do change. I always feel like, you know, if your needs aren't being met, then walking away, it's not necessarily like, oh, okay, well, that's fucking it. You're right. Maybe you walk away and the person's like, oh, you know what? I think it took, like, losing that person to realize, oh, I see that shit all the time. And not like, you know, I'm not encouraging people to play games. I don't think that's playing a game. I think that's really, like, if your needs aren't being met and you need to remove yourself and then the person kind of wakes up and goes, you know what? That happened with uh, Bert Kreischer and his wife, Leanne. They talked really publicly about it. that She was like, I need a commitment. Like, this isn't working for me. Yeah. Bye. And he like sat <laughs> down and really realized what it meant to lose her. And then they've been married for a million years. Yes. So, yes. So you never know. I, I don't think you should leave something in hopes of like, well, that might make them change their mind. But right. If it, I think if it's meant to be, it will be.
0: Oh, definitely. I think, yeah, you just got to take care of yourself. It's okay not to be the cool girl. You know what I mean? It's like, we yeah. have all this pressure to be like, we're fine with it. Oh God. And, um, just be honest. Like, I, I don't know. I just, uh, if I ended up liking somebody, I would just tell them I'm like, because, okay. They don't like me back the same way. I, 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 that would suck, but at least I would know. Yeah. And I could then put point, put my energy into somebody else that would feel the same way about yeah. me, you know, um, as painful as as it is, I think it could be potentially a lot more painful to be with somebody for months or even years where you don't know where you stand. And then oh God. I don't know, it's yeah, just, yeah, just be Can honest you with yourself.
1: Something? Yeah. I have never been more unhappy in my life than when I was being a cool girl. Oof. Like if you feel like you're being a cool girl, I'd, oh my God it's so over don't be a fucking cool girl yeah being a cool girl to me is like the most disconnected you can be from yourself right that's all about trying to make other people happy trying to like not be too much like don't take up too much space don't have needs right taking crumbs of affection and attention oh my god don't be a cool girl don't be a cool girl i'm telling you wasted oh, wasted so much time in my life being a cool girl don't do that
0: yeah and so yeah if your situationship is you're loving it like like I said a lot of mine were fucking fantastic would not do de- do anything differently and neither That's would great. they and it That's was great. so fun and I am friends with you know like I if yeah. I saw them I'd be friends like we're still buddies whatever it's it's no big deal That's um, great. but like yeah if you are in deep and you are potentially harming yourself i think it's really uh time to take even just a tiny baby
1: step yeah it it will only get harder if you're in a place where you're like unsure the more the time goes on it it will only get harder so if you're on the fence just yeah oh i even oh my gosh i did this with uh cam
0: i think this is interesting too where i um in the beginning of our relationship, once we were like, you know, officially together and all that stuff, I was, I gave him like four years to figure out if he wanted to get married and if he wanted to get married to me, like I I kind of was like, not it wasn't like day one. Okay. I want to marry you. Let's like, but once I realized, like I do want marriage in my life, whether that is with him or somebody else, like I really need that commitment for myself. And I want that commitment for myself. And once we had been dating, um, I don't know, a year and a half or so. I can't mm-hmm. remember, but we'd start talking about that stuff. And I'm like, you know, by the four year mark of us being in a committed relationship, I feel like if you're not really sure at that point, um, I don't know if I'm going to be okay with that. Like, I think yeah. that's, a, that's, I think that's a very generous amount of time to yeah. figure out how you feel about marriage in general, but also marriage like me or whatever. And I'm sure that four year mark was so, like subconsciously about my prior relationship mm. of being with somebody like four and a half years, a little off and on or whatever. But, you know, after four and a half years or so it, it ended. And so I I'm sure that marker for me was, and I wasn't even conscious of it at that time. Yeah. Um, but I think that was like, all right, well, I've been with somebody for four plus years and it ended. So mm. I want this to feel different. If this doesn't feel different, yeah. I might just peace out, you might just piece out, we both piece out. Like I just yeah I, I I wanna know where this stands and I want it to feel different than uh than that one because yeah. you know, that's what I needed to feel like secure in something. So yeah. I don't know. I feel like that those conversations they continue even when you are in a committed relationship of okay,
1: yeah. How
0: do we feel about this commitment? Is there one of us that wants a different commitment? are we both on the same page with that? There's like a new define the relationship after
1: you're in a relationship even. Yeah. Great point. That's, that's I'm sure so relatable for a lot of people. So yeah, yeah. that's a well. situationships oh, conversation. Boy. This yeah. episode was a situationship.
0: I feel like. <laughs> was it a podcast? Was it a podcast? Was it a diary entry?
1: We don't really know. <laughs> it's it was all the things it took. Yeah, it took a, a lot of things. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we did it, though. That was fun. Yeah, I wasn't sure how much we would have to say about it. And what a shocker. We uh, talked for a super fucking long time about it. Yeah. <laughs> like We always do. Do you have a segment today, though? I have a good shit.
0: Yeah, I think my good shit was um, uh, my cousin got married this past weekend. It was a wonderful wedding. And, um, it was the fifth or sixth wedding that I officiated and it was really fun. And, um, yeah, just, just enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, every time I do it, there's feedback of maybe people asking if I would, you know, do it for, you know, their wedding or their friend's wedding or something like that. And I think maybe this is the first time that I'm maybe considering doing this in some facet for people that I don't know. Cause I've, I've really limited it to like close friends and family only mm-hmm. for a long time. And so, yeah, I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it sparked something where I might, uh, I might try it out in a, in a different, a different way. Um, it. But yeah, that was really nice. And I'm very, yeah, very happy for him and excited for him. And uh, it was a, yeah, just a lovely time with family and new friends and, um, beautiful uh setting like like outdoor kind of farm setting which is just always so beautiful with like the little twinkle lights outside and like it was such nice weather and um yeah it was it was really nice
1: what about you Kels? so cool Um, I have a good shit so I I had posted a video on online joking about that my dad used to do professional yo-yo demonstrations at my high school (laughs) Oh, and what an incredible sentence. That is. Yes. And <laughs> then I got a bunch of comments of people being like, oh my God, we have to see these yo-yo tricks. And so I, uh, I was in Spokane over the weekend and my dad absolutely jumped at the opportunity because he has loved doing the Trumpet Tuesday videos in the past. And we haven't done one for a very long time. And yeah. so my dad busted out his yo-yos and I recorded him doing some of his favorite tricks and this video has been going so viral online the past few days it's like been reposted by all these like massive accounts it's (gasps) it collectively between like my accounts and then like other people's accounts has like like almost two million views like it went fucking crazy and the comment section is one of the most positive comment sections I think I've ever seen on the internet. Because, like, my dad yeah. just has, like, such a big smile on his face doing these yo-yo tricks. It's, like, yeah. so cool, the things he's able to do. And it was just – it's, like, a really fun, wholesome thing. So, anyway, follow me on any social media. It's at Comedy And check it out because – Oh, it, that's so cool. You can't watch it and not have a smile on your face by the end. Yeah. I promise you. Like, it's – it's such a feel good video. So that was fun.
0: Oh my gosh. That's the most precious thing I've ever heard. I love yeah, it. <laughs> I you. love it. That's yeah. awesome.
1: That's All right. Awesome. Well, um, I will see you helpsters in DC this weekend uh, at the DC comedy loft. You can get tickets at kelseycook.com and, uh, yeah, all my other tour dates are on there and go check Beautiful. out Delaney's amazing podcast outside of this one called career crush.
0: Yeah. Delaneyfisher.com. You can sign up, get it for free. There it is. Yay.
1: There, there it <laughs> <All> is. <right. laughs> Whoop, there it is. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.
0: Also, we want to give a big shout out to, to Johnny Inoua for creating our newest,
1: fabulous, self-helpless podcast theme song. Oh you may God. have noticed. We've yes. changed it up. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The podcast got a makeover and <laughs> it. Oh my God, I love the song so much. What a beautiful voice, voice of an angel. angel, And uh, thank you so much. We love it oh my god it's
0: been so nice like yeah every
1: couple seasons of the show
0: we have a new artist create a custom song for us and that's just always such a fun process so thanks again to johnny we really appreciate it Maybe thank you for tuning in to the self helpless podcast you can find our patreon community merch and our individual work at self
1: we'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend left an itunes review or feel free to post it on your instagram and tag at self helpless podcast thanks guys